Hi guys, don't forget the next Soul Winner Bootcamp is on the 20th of October. Join me for five nights, five Thursday nights, where I train you how to be the best soul winner that you can be. Go to the website today, soulwinner.co.uk, sign up at the place called Training, and I'll see you on October the 20th. Good morning and welcome to the Family Church live stream. We wanted to start you with that little reminder to sign up for Soul Winner Bootcamp. If you haven't done it yet, you really, really should. I think most of the online congregation have done it. But do it again. I mean, it's a really great interactive way to learn about how to share your faith with other people. But anyway, you are watching the live stream. Welcome. If you're watching live with us or whether you're watching on catch up, we are going to do communion together today. So uh, you can either press pause now and go and find all the right things from your kitchen, or you can go now while we're in the worship. I would do the pause option myself if you're not already prepared. Go and get your things. So go and get your things. So grab yourself some bread and some juice, or um, as one of our congregation is in France watching from a coffee shop this morning, go grab a croissant and some hot chocolate to come and do communion with us today. I have been at the ladies getaway with some of the family church ladies this weekend and it was just incredible to be in worship in person and I have to admit because you guys aren't in person worship I have resisted it since the beginning of lockdown so it was my first experience and it has stirred up something in me but I know that we can still achieve that with this pre-recorded praise and worship so this morning before we take communion we're going to spend a little bit of time in praise I just want to encourage you to just give it your all don't just watch it don't observe it if you're not even comfortable singing, that's okay. Let the team minister to you. But let's just spend some time this morning in praise and worship. Oh 
back into a time of worship shortly and after that we are going to be praying for people so if you do have a prayer request that you'd like us to pray with you this morning you can email me at onlinechurch at family.church if you're watching on catch up you can still email that address and we'll pray for you during the week I forgot to mention that earlier so do get your prayer requests in if you would like us to pray with you but before we go back into worship, we're going to take communion together. And I wanted to read to you this morning something from Revelation. Um, I don't know why this has really been on my heart this week, and I just keep dipping in to the whole Revelation vision that John had about heaven and, you know, when it, what it's going to be like when we see Jesus again face to face. But one of the verses I was looking at, um, I just thought was so relevant to communion this morning, was Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And this is a scene where John is, is in heaven and, um, and there's these scrolls that they're going to open that are going to kind of predict what's going to happen. And they can't find anyone who is worthy to open these scrolls. And so the question has been asked in heaven, who is worthy to open these scrolls, to read from the scrolls? And so um, then this lamb comes forward. And as you know, Jesus is described as the lamb. He was the sacrificial lamb that took our place. And that's what Passover and communion is all about, is that he died and took our sin. And so here they are in this vision of heaven, singing in heaven, um, you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has been ransomed for people of God 
from every tribe and language and people and nation. And when I read that, I thought of us as the online church. I know that you're watching from all different nations this morning. And that just to remind you that Jesus was sacrificed. He was ransomed for every tribe, language and people and nation. He was ransomed. He was exchanged for us so that we don't have to die. We can live forever. That his blood has paid that price. It goes on to say, they sing, I'm not going to sing, you don't want me to sing, but they're singing in heaven. Blessing and honour and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. So this morning as we take communion together, whatever it is you've got, whether you've got bread and juice or, or something else that you found in your house, Let's do this together as many nations, as many languages, as people from all over the world. We're doing this because all of the glory, all of the power, all of the honour belongs to the Lamb who is sitting on the throne forever and ever. It's just so incredibly powerful. I wanted to share that with you today, that we often talk about this sacrifice right from the beginning, right from the Old Testament, and how it's thread all the way through. And then here it is again in Revelation, the lamb who is worthy because of that exchange, because of his body and his blood broken for us. He is worthy. So we're going to just take communion together today. So go ahead and take communion today, remembering that he is the lamb and he is worthy.
pray this morning and we want to pray for you at home and one of the things that um, we pray constantly as part of our connect group if you wanted to join our connect group we meet on a Thursday evening and we pray there and sometimes we can pray more specifically because obviously there are some prayer requests that you don't want me to broadcast over the channel on a Sunday morning so we can actually pray more specifically on a Thursday so if you'd like us to pray for you we will do that but we would really love for you to join us on a Thursday evening and just join with us in prayer there's a couple of people that we've been believing for prayer for good results and we're giving thanks for good results. The Bible says to always pray without ceasing and give thanks in all things. And so we're giving thanks for results that we haven't seen yet. And so we want to pray specifically this morning for Mike, who is waiting on a good report um, for a situation with his heart that the Lord has revealed over this last year through different things that have happened. And also for their son, uh, Jesse, who has been having um, test results for lymphoma. And we're just believing that God is going to give us a good result. And we're already starting to see that unpack because he is a faithful God. So if you're believing for something this morning, we're going to pray with you and just believe that we're going to see good results and we're going to give thanks in all things. 
So Father, we just give thank you, give thanks to you, Lord. We have grateful hearts. You ask us to give thanks in all things because you, Lord, are able to move through every situation. Lord, you have us in your hands, Lord. You know our hearts, you know our lives, you know our circumstances. And we're so grateful that we know that you have it, that you're in control. And so, Lord, this morning we give thanks. We give thanks that you care. We give thanks that you heal. We give thanks that you provide. We give thanks for your peace. We give thanks for the Holy Spirit. And this morning, Lord, I just want to stand with everybody who has a situation in their life that they just believe in for good report. We believe for good results. We believe that you will use all things for your glory and for the good of those who love you. So, Lord, this morning we are grateful and we thank you that we're going to see you in these situations. Amen. We've also been praying for the Forge on a Thursday night connect group. So do keep the Forge in your heart. Forge have started. They meet here. Um, they transform my studio into a classroom every week. And they meet here and they're receiving from God. And again, I caught up with some of those students this week at the ladies' uh, conference. And it, they're very excited. God is doing things already. So do keep them in your hearts. They've committed to spend this time. They've spent their money. And they are ready to receive from God and grow in him. And they are becoming bold and fierce men and women of God. So do keep those in your heart as well. Um, we are also going to give you an opportunity to take up your tithes and offerings before we um, go over to Pastor Andy. I also wanted to remind you at this time that we've always got our vision offerings. The Family Church do a vision offering throughout the month of November. Last year, we um, asked you to pray about it as we were going to do this year and to um, bring what the Lord places on your heart. And we used the money to make some improvements here to the studio. As you may be aware, Pastor Andy is now also on TBN and we're really getting the message out across the airwaves. So when we were praying and we we're chatting with the leadership about what should we do with our vision offering, it's always good for us to stretch ourselves. And I appreciate right now it is a stretch, but God will bring that money into your life. For a vision offering, it's about having the vision that God is going to bring finance into your life that you are then going to sow into the kingdom. So we are going to, as a church, we, we've met with uh, Mike and Laurie, who run our Connect group, and chatted with Mark. And one of the things we really believe is powerful when it comes to spreading the gospel is community outreach. And so community outreach can involve helping people who are really struggling with their finances, helping them in a really practical way. Um, people who might have been widowed and orphans, obviously, it's a very biblical principle to help people who are in need. And for many of us, that's how we learn that God is real. We've learned that he's a faithful God because we've received things practically when we're in help, when we need help, when we're in need. So what, we've, uh, what we're going to do with our vision offering is sow it back into community outreach. And what I might do is actually show you a little video of what goes on in this building. Because we're just the studio. We're right on the top corner of the Empower Centre in Portsmouth. Like I said, it's also used um, for Talking Church, if you watch that. We do lots of things in here during the week. And it's the classroom for the Forge, where we're investing in the students. But downstairs, there is a whole storeroom full of, well, not quite full all the time, but we'd like it to be full of food for people in the community who are in dire need. We've also got baby basics downstairs where mums have had babies and they just you know, need some practical support. And so we're able to provide for them. So we're going to sow back into the community and believe that God is going to reach people through our practical giving. So that's what we're going to do with our vision offering this year. Uh, but we'll talk more about that. That's in November. I just wanted to have that in your hearts to be praying that Lord, bring 
bring something into my life that I can give and sow into this. And we can see the word of God just spread throughout our community by meeting practical needs. But we are now going to give you an opportunity to bring your tithes and offerings in. Um, it's the end of the month. Maybe you've been paid. Uh, you can do it online through your bank. Um, there's a link you can click on family.church forward slash give. And bringing our tithes into the storehouse. It talks in Malachi, bring your tithe into the storehouse. And this is our spiritual storehouse. But this is, like I said, this is where we bless the community. So when you're bringing your tithe into the storehouse, you are feeding your family. You're enabling us to put the lights on, to warm the building, to make it a place where people can come. And so we're just being good stewards of the money that the Lord has given to us. We're returning it back to the church family, to the church house. So just as you would care for your own house and have your own heating on and your own food on the table, we're being good stewards of what the Lord has given us and making sure that we're not just looking after ourselves, but we're looking after other people that the Lord wants to reach and to bless. So please do bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. If you have any problems with that at all, do drop me a message and I'll help you um, in whatever way you prefer to do that. Okay, I am now going to hand over to Pastor Andy for the next part of our series about how to handle life storms. So make sure you've got your notebook ready and you're ready to receive. Welcome back. So glad that you're joining us from wherever you're joining us from. Last week, we started a two-part series looking at how we manage the storms that we may face in life. The reality is that living in life means that at different seasons, there will be stormy times. But God's word gives us wisdom on how we manage our lives and our families through those stormy times. Now, when storms come, they can be storms that affect all of us at once. We could call these life storms, things like pandemics and uh, economy situations, energy prices. These are things that everyone experiences at the same moment. But also when we speak about storms or stormy times, they can be more individual, can't they? Sometimes storms can blow up out of nowhere that affect the relationships of our life, the, our health, um, other areas that are more personal to who we are and the families that we represent. Now, either way, I believe the Bible gives us great advice concerning how we can navigate life storms, even giving us illustrated real life examples of how people navigated storms that are similar to the ones that we're facing in times gone by. Last week, we looked at the, the moment when Jesus and the disciples encountered a storm as they were crossing the Sea of Galilee. We shared that that storm that came against them as they journeyed across the Sea of Galilee was a storm that came to resist them or hold them back because they had freedom in their plan for the man that was being held captive on the far shore. Now, when you're living to see other people um, know Christ, experience the freedom that Christ brings, there will be uh, an element of resistance that you get, storms that are sent your way, that are originated by the enemy. But the good news that we shared last week, with these storms, we have the authority to stand up and address them. Christ has given us the authority 
over all the works of the enemy. This week, I want to look at another storm moment that we can learn so much from. And it's that moment when Peter walks on the water with Jesus. And we see in this account the effects that the wind and the waves can have on a person's faith walk. So join me now in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. I'm going to start reading from verse 21 and we're going to go through to verse 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, where he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went on to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. It was being buffeted and beaten by the waves because the wind was against it. As with the account we saw last week, out of nowhere, a storm rose up. When they set off, it was calm, but all of a sudden the wind picked up and began to beat against them. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the water, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come and join you to walk on the water. Remember, there was a storm taking place. So actually, Peter was saying, Lord, let me come and join you and walk on the water in the storm. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, my, my, why did you doubt me? And when they climbed into the boat, it was then that the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, truly, you are the son of God. Now, interesting points that we can pick up from this account that we read in the gospel. That number one, Jesus had sent them. We need to have a confidence that whenever Jesus is sending us somewhere, though we may experience storms on the way, we will reach the other side. Imagine if the disciples would have stopped for a moment in the midst of a storm and just relaxed and said, listen, Jesus sent us on this journey to go from here to there, which means whatever we may encounter on the journey, God's got it covered. Now, this is incredible. Like the previous message, the storm came out of nowhere. We underlined that thought last week, that sometimes storms that we face in life can be expected. Sometimes we can anticipate a storm coming into our world, like the ones uh, currently with the economy and other areas of life that we're facing. But there's times when storms just come out of nowhere or seemingly come out of nowhere. He's the Lord of these storms as well. And then there's this moment, this amazing moment when they look up and they see Jesus walking on the water through the storm. Just stop for a moment and imagine what that was like. You're in the boat and the wind has picked up. It's getting stormy. The waves are causing the, the boat to rock. Then all of a sudden, one of the disciples says, look over there. And they look and they see Jesus walking towards them. 
And again, they began to get fearful. Instead of rejoicing and saying, here comes Jesus, they went, is it a ghost? What manner of man is this? What sort of spirit is this? And Jesus turns up and says, guys, you need to chill out. It's me, okay, calm down. And he calms their fears. And then we get this incredibly epic, dramatic moment where Peter, in a moment of passion, he was a very passionate guy, wasn't he? I don't know if he was thinking about what he was saying when he said it, but the moment he worked out that it was Jesus walking on the water in the storm, he couldn't help himself. He said, Jesus, bid me come, call me to come also. Jesus, I want to be walking on the water. I want to be walking through the storm like you are. And maybe in his heart, he was expecting Jesus to go, oh, calm down there, tiger. I'm Jesus. I walk on water. You stay in the boat. But Jesus never did that because he was constantly growing the faith of his followers. And he says that simple word, come, come. Peter had said, bid me come, Lord that I would walk on the water, that I would walk through the midst of this storm with you. And Jesus said, come. Then we got this epic moment where, where he gets out of the boat. It wasn't like a rubber dinghy or a three-man rowing boat. It was quite a big boat and he had to climb down. The other disciples were probably looking at him going, you're a lunatic, what are you gonna do? Some of them may be going, you're gonna die. Some of them going, we're gonna stay safe in the boat. But this was Peter's moment. He climbed down out of the boat and he walked on the water. He put his focus on Jesus and he walked on the water and he never sunk. He began to walk on the water towards Jesus. And all is fine until he takes his attention from Jesus and he places it on the wind and the waves. Suddenly he reverts from faith, walking in what God had said to him, to relying or putting his understanding or his confidence on his senses, the wind, what he was hearing, the waves, what he was seeing. And it was that moment he began to sink and the storm began to embrace him and pull him down. Now, the good news is Jesus steps right on in, doesn't he? And he takes him by the hand, he pulls him back to the surface of the water and then he walks with Peter back to the boat. I love that. I've heard some speakers and preachers say sometimes, oh, Peter sunk and that was the end of that. No, after Jesus had lifted him out of the water, out of his moment of sink, I believe they strolled back to the boat together. And all the disciples that were watching were like, oh, maybe we should have had a go. Look at Peter doing it again. He's the crazy man. He always gets the good bits. But I really believe the end of that story was Jesus and Peter walking hand in hand back together and getting into the boat. Now, not that it is in any way epic or matches this moment, but I want to share with you some uh, lessons that I learned uh, from a hobby that I took up during the COVID lockdown. Again, this is no way as epic as the moment where Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water. But during lockdown, I took up the hobby of paddleboarding. Now, paddleboarding is where you go out in the ocean and it's similar to kayaking, but you stand up on the board. In kayaking, you just sit there and you row yourself around. Now, with paddleboarding, the challenge is, yep, you can stay on your knees. Um, you can can sit down if you like but the real challenge of paddleboarding 
is you stand up and you paddle your way through the waves and through the ocean. And uh, when you first start, you don't start with waves and ocean. You, you, you go as calm as you can. And so I took up paddle boarding. And the first few weeks or even months of paddle boarding, it wasn't good. You know, my body size versus I'm standing on uh, an inflatable platform meant it didn't take a lot for me to fall in. All I needed was uh, a seagull to look at me. The movement of a seagull looking at me would be enough to make me fall in the water. But I paid my school fees and I, I fell in the water and I learned how to balance and I learned how to get back on. And the good news is this year has actually been a very, very good year. I didn't fall in much at all, even though the water was very warm this year and it wasn't a problem if you did. Now, what I learned from my paddleboarding experiences, like I said, it's nowhere near as epic as the moment of Peter getting out of the boat, but there were some lessons that I learned that carry over and correspond to the things that we're learning in this passage of scripture. Here's two things that you learn really quickly if you start paddleboarding or you take up paddleboarding as a hobby. Number one, you should always start with a kneeling position, then move to a standing stance. So when you start paddleboarding, I know that there's some people who are exceptions to the rule and they just jump off of a platform and they're all good. But normally for everyday people like you and me, the way that you start paddleboarding is you start on your knees. And then after you've started on your knees, you suddenly, as quick as you can, you move from a kneeling position to a standing position. And that's one of the keys to actually becoming a good paddleboarder. But then the second lesson is simple. And these are lessons that people will teach you or you will learn yourself if you ever go paddleboarding. The second lesson is you've got to look straight ahead, never at the waves beneath. All right. So one of the keys to being a good paddleboarder is start on your knees and as soon as you can get up to standing, take the standing stance on your paddleboard. Number two, don't look, even though it's tempting to look around at the waves, set your focus straight ahead. Don't look down, look straight ahead and um, look to where you're going, not what's happening around where you're standing. Now that sounds easy, right? But Everything's good apart from your mind when you're paddleboarding tells you to do the complete opposite. Whenever you go paddleboarding, you know in your heart, you've been told by somebody, right, start with a kneel, get back up, look where you're going, and whatever you do, don't look down, keep looking forward. You know what you should be doing because somebody shared these things with you or you've learned over a series of weeks or months. But it's amazing when you're paddleboarding, your mind doesn't want to do that. Your mind wants to focus on what's happening with your feet and where you're standing. Your mind wants to look at the waves that are coming against you, the waves that are coming around the corner that you're going to experience next. Your mind wants you to hear the wind and how it's picking up. And you have to make a conscious decision that you're not going to pay attention to what's happening by what you see or what you hear, but you're going to keep looking forwards and you're just going to keep on going in the way, living true to what you believe. Now, it's interesting that the moment you begin to look down at the waves, it all changes. A little bit like with Peter. When you're paddleboarding and you've got on your knees, you're standing, you've got a fairly good balance, you're looking forward, and then for a split second, you lose your focus or 
your attention is drawn to the waves or the wind. It's amazing that the moment you look down, suddenly things like fear and doubt and unbelief begin to flood your mind. And when fear and doubt and unbelief begin to come into your mind, soon they begin to affect you the way you're paddling or your body. And it's inevitable if you pay attention to what's happening with the water or the waves, you are going to fall in. But if you make a decision to ignore your senses and keep looking forwards, you actually can stand secure and go through the waves that your mind wants to let you know that uh, are going to cause you to fall off. Now, okay, these lessons on paddleboarding, what relevance do they have to what we're sharing on this account from Peter? Let's go back to Peter right now. Now, number one, it started with the word. Jesus said, come. The word was what he would walk upon. So you've got Peter in the boat, and he had a desire to walk with Jesus on the water. And he says to Jesus, bid me come, Lord. And all of a sudden, probably to his surprise, Jesus says, come. And so Peter gets out of the water. But what Peter is actually walking on is the solid ground of the word that Jesus spoke. What Peter needed to do was keep his focus on Jesus and keep his focus on what Jesus had said and if he did that, no matter how violent the waves or how loud the wind, he would be able to walk on the water through the storm with Jesus, which was his desire. Now, remember also, Jesus was the word made flesh as well as the one who spoke the word. When it speaks of Jesus, it says that he was the word made flesh which meant Jesus didn't just speak the word of God, he was the word of God. So in many ways, all Peter needed to do was keep his attention on the word of God, both the word that had been spoken, come, but also the word personified, Jesus himself, who was the word become flesh. If Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, no matter what was happening with the wind or the waves, he would be secure and able to walk on the water through the storm. Now, he got in problems the moment he took his attention off of Jesus or off of the word of God and placed his attention on what was happening with the waves and the wind. Similar to when I'm on my paddleboard, if I stay focused and I look forward, there's a confidence in my heart, there's a strength that affects the way I stand, the way that I function on my paddleboard. But the moment I begin to look down and go, oh no, look how big the waves, there's a big wave coming here, or I hear the wind picking up, that stuff gets into my head, it gets into my heart, it brings doubt and it brings fear, and it inevitably would always cause me to fall off. So you have to actually go countercultural to what's normal to you and say, no, I'm not going to be moved by my senses. I'm going to be moved by what I believe to be true. That's how you become a successful paddleboarder. But that's what Peter needed to do in this moment with Jesus. But Peter, in this moment, 
took his eyes off of Jesus, the word of God made flesh. He took his attention from what Jesus had spoken, come. And he placed his attention on the, on the waves that he could see and the wind that he could hear. And suddenly fear, doubt and unbelief began to flood into his mind and into his heart. And before long, he didn't fall off of his paddleboard, but he began to sink. But the good news is Jesus reached down and pulled him back up. And I'm sure that Jesus said to him in that moment, why did you take your attention off of me? Why did you take your attention off of what I'd spoken to you? Okay, how do we bring this in to what we may be facing in storms today? We need to understand that the best thing that we can do whenever we find ourselves in a storm or we sense that we're going into a storm is place our focus straight ahead on Jesus. Set your focus on Jesus, but also set your focus on what God has told you to believe. Don't listen to what the media, the waves of media are telling you to believe. Get information from the media, but don't let the fear of media get in your spirit. Because sometimes the fear of media getting into your heart and your spirit will be the thing that causes you to sink. And God never intended fear to cause you to sink because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love and soundness of mind or soundness of thinking. So just like Peter, we've got to, in our storms, make the decision. I'm going to keep on looking at Jesus. I'm going to not drop my focus to be um, lifting my senses to a place of leadership in my life that they shouldn't go. I'm going to keep my gaze on Jesus. I'm going to keep my ear set on what he's saying. Now, I love this, that all of this was happening with Jesus and the storm was still taking place. It says that when they returned to the boat, that's when the wind ceased. Jesus wants to walk through the storm with you. Some storms are sent to break you. Other storms, I believe, sometimes God allows to make us. Sometimes it's in the storm that we can develop a faith in God, a trust in God that we would never have had if we hadn't had the opportunity to believe him in a fresh way. There's an old saying that always used to say, calm seas never made a skilled mariner. What does that mean? Calm seas never make somebody who's talented as a mariner, somebody that knows how to handle storms, somebody that can go out in any weather, somebody that isn't put off or distracted by things happening around them. That's the follower of Christ that we should be. Somebody that isn't just a, a nice day follower, but somebody that says it doesn't matter if a wind blows or if, or if a waves roar, I'm gonna continue to follow Jesus and outwork the purposes of God for my life and I'm going to keep my eyes set on him I'm going to keep my ears set on his word and as I do I know that I will not sink now in the midst here's some takeaways from today in the midst of any storm get your eyes on Jesus and your ears on what he's promised you and you will be walking by faith through whatever may come against you number two Start on your knees. That's a good lesson. Remember what I said about the paddleboard? That normally what people do when they learn to paddleboard, which is like walking on water, but with a big inflatable thing under your feet, is you start on your knees. Always make sure 
that if there's a storm coming in your life, like a paddleboarder, take the position or the posture of being on your knees. Be prayerful because prayer changes things. But then also, after being prayerful, take a stand. Take a stand. Move from a kneeling posture to a standing posture, knowing that you're standing on things that are not sinkable, things that will remain even when heaven and earth pass away, the word of God. Now, be careful what you look and listen to. Don't give a higher place to your senses than to what God has spoken over this moment. You know, when God has spoken direction over a moment, believe, keep moving, don't give up. Put your faith in what God has spoken, just like Peter put his faith in that word come. So today we're to put our faith in the words that God speaks to us in the midst of stormy moments. And then the final one is maybe enjoy the moment knowing that he will lead you safely back to the boat. That sounds a little bit strange, doesn't it? Enjoy the moment, enjoy the storm, like I said, some storms actually aren't sent to crush you. They're sent to develop you. You know, calm seas never made a skilled paddleboarder. Sometimes when I go out on my paddleboard, it's as calm as anything. That's easy. That's easy. You rarely fall in then. But sometimes I like to take my paddleboard out when it's a little bit more feisty, a little bit more choppy, when the waves are picking up, the wind's blowing, there's a stronger current. Why? Because that develops my skill in being a paddleboarder. It means that I become better, stronger and more confident in paddleboarding than I would be if I only ever went out in calm waters on calm lakes. God wants to be developing you, but the good news is he never abandons you. He's always walking in the storm with you. I want to encourage you today, if you're finding yourself in the midst of a stormy season, remember, start on your knees, be a person of prayer. Number two, stand up. Take your place of authority. Set your gaze on him. Set your ear to what he's saying. Don't allow the wind and the waves of the moment to take your attention off of God and place them on those things. Be resolute in your heart. No, I don't care what noise the wind is making. I don't care of the effect I'm feeling of momentary waves. This is what God has spoken and this is what God will be true to. Now, I hope these last two weeks have helped you to handle storms that you may be facing, different storms. Like I said, some storms that are just a part of being alive, storms that affect everyone, but also the storms that may be affecting you personally. I don't want to take any of your storms lightly in any way, but I do want to say God has given us wisdom in his word and he's given us examples, even in how he walked with the disciples, lessons, principles on how we can navigate stormy seasons and stormy times in our life. Let's make sure that we turn our attention to his word. Let's not turn our attention to modern day philosophers that think they know everything about everything. No, let's turn our attention and our hearts to the one who originated life, the one who made us in his image, in his likeness for friendship uh, with himself. Let's turn our attention to the one, the God who loves us and who's for us, who gives us his word to be the solid ground 
beneath our feet in stormy times. The Lord bless you. See you next week. Have an amazing week. God bless. If you're watching today and you are facing a storm and you are not yet a Christian, that is a really difficult position to be in. But do you know what? If you've listened to me and thought, actually, this sounds like a principle I can get on board with. We are going to pray with you just real quick this morning and allow you to invite God into your storm. Invite him into your life and say, actually, I want to make a decision today. I want to put my faith in the Jesus that you spoke about when we did communion this morning. I want to put my faith in this God who can speak to the storm and the sea and stop them. I want to put my faith in a God that will cause me to walk on water metaphorically you can try it in real life, but generally it's about actually, do you know what? This storm in your life may look impossible, but Jesus is going to call you out to do the impossible and to defy what other people will tell you is going to happen. God will have his way in your life. So if that is you and you want to make a change in your life and you want to be a Christian and you want to be a follower of Christ, Pray along with me now in your heart and say amen at the end. Jesus, I thank you that you were the sacrificial lamb. The Bible describes you as a lamb because you died on that cross as a sacrifice for me. You made an exchange for my sin so that I don't have to die as a punishment for everything that I have done. And so I put my faith in that exchange that you made and I give you my life and I give you my sin and I ask you to take away my sin and to give me eternal life. Take away, Lord, all the, the stony heart and to give me a heart of flesh. And from today, Lord, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm going to start to read my Bible and I'm going to learn who you are. And I'm going to, when you call me out, I'm going to step out and I'm going to trust that you have control of my storm. Amen. If you want to get in touch with us today um, and we can help you if you don't have a Bible, you're like, where do I start reading my Bible? How do I put these principles in place? We have everything you need to help you. So please do get in touch. There's a form on the website that you can go to family.church forward slash respond. And then you can let us know that you've responded and let us know what we can do to help you to start to put these principles in your life so that you're not facing storms on your own any longer. Would love to hear from you, so please do get in touch. Those emails land with an actual person. It's not like an automated system. You will actually get to speak to one of us and we can help you. So that is uh, pretty much it for today. I just want to remind you to sign up for Soul Winner. It starts in um, October, 20th of October, so you don't have long to sign up. But go to soulwinner.co.uk and sign up for the next course. It runs on a Thursday evening. It's live streamed from the studio, so you can watch from the comfort of your own home. Obviously not um, 7 o'clock in the evening if you're watching from elsewhere other than the UK. I'm not going to do the math for you. You already know. <laughs> but make sure you're signed up for that because it is an incredibly easy, it's tangible. You can walk it out. You can learn stuff from it. You can be encouraged and learn how to talk about Jesus in your world. So make sure you sign up for that today. I hope I will see you on Thursday at Connect Group. You can register. There's a link in the in Messenger and YouTube so you can join us. We really would love to see you. We're a crazy bunch. We have a lot of fun. But we also, like I said, really get in and pray for people. Um, so if you want to be prayed for or you just want to pray, we want to meet some people. Find out who the online church are. Meet me. Um, join us on Thursday evening um, for Connect Group. And otherwise, we will be back here live streaming again next Sunday. See you then. <laughs>